Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. My name is Troy Ferguson. Uh, I have been a uh, lifelong resident of of the St. Francis area. I grew up here. Uh, my wife, Catherine, grew up here. Um, all of our uh, children went to St. Francis as well. And, and it, we just, we love this community. And I'm the superintendent of, of schools now in St. Francis. And I, that, that was a dream come true for me. I started my career in education here in St. Francis as an education assistant and then became a teacher and worked in the district for a little while. And I got the opportunity to come back and be the community ed director. And that's where I first met Pastor Chris. He just wanted to know what can the Bridge Church do to help? Is there anything we can do to, to contribute or help in any way? We just want to be part of the community. We love this place. And, and, and that just stuck with me. And little did I know how much I would need that one day. That day was, was uh, December 21st, 2014. Uh, my wife and I lost our, our only son, Reed. Reedy boy, as I always called him, uh, just uh, a joy of my life. And, and I, I wasn't a member of the Bridge Church. I wasn't a member of any church. I found myself in a, in a, in a place of, of uh, sorrow and anguish. And I, I don't know how to describe it. It, it, it was, it's the worst place a parent can ever be. And I reached out to to Pastor Chris, and he was there. He was there right away. The Bridge, uh, as mission is, it's, it's it's a life-giving church, and for me, it surely was because there was a time when I really didn't didn't care, and I was so low I never knew how I would dig out of that hole. It was after that that worst possible time uh, in, in any parent's life, the lowest I've ever felt and the most lost I've ever felt that, that I felt that, 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 that hand reaching out to help. And it was through the Bridge Church. That's giving our lives to Christ did happen for me. Uh, and, and I believe my wife would say the same thing, um, you know, uh, that four years ago. And it wasn't a big hammer over the head, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, you know, a lightning bolt or anything like that. It was just a, a feeling of peace. And I, I don't know how to better describe it than that. And because of that, um, I'm, I'm still standing, and, and looking forward to the future with the complete confidence. I know where my son is. And I know I'll see him again. And I want to help spread the word in any way I can. I, I would hope that 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 uh, it doesn't take a tragedy for um, for any of you to find to find God. But if if you're if you're in a place um, where you just don't know uh, what to do, or you feel hopeless, or or you just um, you know at your wit's end, I, I would say. Give God a try. Uh, 
I thought I was going to be able to get through that. I'm sorry. Oh, man, can we just give Troy a hand for sharing with us? I love him. Seriously, hard to follow, man. Um, wow. Troy has become a really close friend of mine, and I know you're here this morning. I just love you, bro, so much. And I just, I, thanks, I appreciate you, and just standing with you, and everything that you, I don't know how many get through this, everything that you guys have walked through, and uh, I'm sorry. I've watched it like a hundred times before this morning, and didn't have this problem. Um, we, uh, man, we've known each other for a while now, and uh, I remember at Reed's Celebration of Life, and uh, I had told Troy before that, I said, uh, man, we, we just want to want to do life with you. And I just said, man, I'm, I want to stand with you. And I said, I'm going to be standing with you and your family. And that promise still remains to this day and always will and always has. And um, it was at uh, the celebration there at the auditorium in the high school and it was standing room only. Um, many people came out to support this awesome family. And, uh, and I remember being there and, and uh, Troy closed out the service and came up and had the iPad up and he had a, a letter that he had written that he wanted to share in regards to commemorating Reed. And, and uh, I wanted to be respectful. And so I backed away from the, the podium and Troy reached over and grabbed my, my arm and pulled it toward me. He said, no, you said you're standing with me. <laughs> I ain't moving, bro. I'm going nowhere. And uh, let me say this this morning. Um, usually as pastors, we give a big emotional speech and woohoo and all that. And we ask you to give your life to Christ at the end of the message on Easter, and we're going to do that still. Some of you need to give your life to him right now. And I don't want you to leave here today until you've made that same commitment that Troy's made. That's what today's about. That's what today's about. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're not even going to call you out or, you know, we don't make our visitors like dance around in the front or something weird like that. We just have parking for you. Um, we're a church all about the person that does not know Christ. That's what this church is about and will always be about. And uh, if you don't, become a part of that today. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. You have a program with you. There's a number on there. It's our church number. You can actually text that number. It's 763. If you don't have it, just write this number right down. Grab your phone. Grab your phone. Seriously, do, do this, please. 763-753-2134. And what I'd like to ask you to do is this. Um, I want you to write that down again, 763-753-2134. If you are saying today is the day that you know is right for you to make it with, it's right for you to make it with Christ, then I just want you to text yes. You don't even, we don't need to know your name. If you want, you can, but just yes. And uh, that's our church phone and we'll get those. And we just want to see what God's doing in the hearts of people today, this service and the next service. Can we just give God one more hand of applause for what he's doing in these lives? If you missed it yesterday, man, we had a blast. And can we just give our volunteers a huge hand for putting yesterday's event on? Oh, my goodness. We, uh, we had a record-breaking day. Uh, the guest is anywhere between five and 800 people. We have no idea. And uh, it was just an incredible day of reaching in to our community. And, man, I tell you what, I just got to hang around talking to people and strangers. I was in my highlight spot, and I loved it. And I love talking to you if I don't know you. It's just I love it. And so um, it was fun just hanging out and seeing little kids. And we got one note amongst many on social media. Here's just one. It said, uh, thank you so much for the invite to the Easter egg 
hunt slash Easter event at your church this past Saturday. We had a great time uh, as a family and our almost three-year-old loved the games and the egg hunt. We're so grateful uh, that you thought of us. Thank you and God bless. See what happens when you invite somebody right there, man. And that's just, that's just awesome. So uh, I want to change gears this morning uh, a little bit and uh, stay composed now. Um, is, is this, and, and I want to show you, uh, don't post it yet, I'll tell you when to post it, but I think this could potentially be the most powerful picture I will ever post that will give you such great thrill and joy, and it's the most phenomenal picture that I can potentially think of when it comes to celebrating Easter. Here it is. It is so beautiful. It's the most gorgeous thing I have ever seen other than my wife. And it's, it's got the flux capacitor. It's fluxing. It's got the tires. It even had the hover conversion done in, you know, three years ago now. And uh, uh, for those of you that don't know Back to the Future, uh, you're not even saved. And so we, what I want to say is this, man. Uh, I want to take you on a journey for the next 20 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm inviting all of us to get into the cab of the car, okay? It's a two-seater, those DeLoreans. And we're going to get in the car, and we're going to travel back in time. And we're going to go about 1,986 years before today, okay? Jesus, here he is. He started his ministry at the age of 30. Uh, At the age of 33, which we commemorate Good Friday, uh, he died. He's buried. And and let's, let's go in the time machine. I want you to come with me. Don't just read the scripture. Don't just listen to the scripture this morning. But I want you to get it in your heart. Get it in your system. Realize that this is a living book, not just some historical, dirty old book that some, you know, people wrote and thought it was a great idea to have a bunch of rules and laws. That's not the Bible. And so I want it to come alive between you and God this morning, wherever you're at today. If you're ready to go on the journey and dive into the DeLorean with me, say, yeah. yeah. All right. That was everybody. So we're, we're along. All right. We're going, we're going. Here's the deal. We get back there and let's say we get back there before Easter. We get back there on Good Friday and we watch our savior die on the cross. We watch this happen. We watch God's only son give it all. And, and we're the disciples. We're there. We're like, we're, we're following you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We, we think and think we can comprehend and understand scripture. And we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going, God, you just died. And, and there's this dismal feeling, this feeling of hopelessness, this feeling of despair. Some of us have those feelings in life still. And we're going, God, what happened? Why, why did this happen? Why did this take place? What's going on? And all of a sudden, all of your faith, you start questioning. You become a skeptic. Was this really the king of kings? He could have done these miracles and he didn't. He just died on this cross. And you're awaiting this incredible moment. And you're not knowing, like, were you wrong in your faith? Were you right in your faith? You have no idea. And you're going, God, we just got to wait and find out. And so we come to this moment, this Easter moment, where that cross no longer has our Savior on it. Amen? He's no longer on it. He's risen. He didn't have to rise, but he's like, I'm going to show you my power, and I don't need to stay dead. I'm coming alive. And Jesus came alive for every single one of us, and that's what it's about today. So stay back there with me. We're not yet here in the future. We're still in the back, okay? So nothing, nothing yet will apply to your lives. <clears throat> Jesus left an empty cross. He left it. That cross was empty. Sometimes you might go into a church and you see Jesus on the cross. He is not on the cross. He is risen. All right? We're going to look in the book of Matthew this morning, and I've got the scriptures on the screen for you. 
Uh, you can follow along, but I don't want you to just hear the story. Pretend like you're there. Let's, let's pretend we're there. Okay. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. He was not one of the 12. Just know that. Nor are we, but we're disciples of Jesus if we follow him. He going to Pilate, his governor of Judea, that's Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. Mary Magdalene, person that Jesus had forgiven. Some people believe this other Mary was his mom. We don't know for sure. And here they are. And Joseph, this disciple, kind of a secret disciple if you read um, in the book of Luke, and, and yet probably more respectful than all the other ones. Because at this point, remember, they've denied their faith, a lot of them. They've run. They've given up. And Joseph says, I'll take the body. I'll take it. I'm going to be respectful. And so we have this new disciple on the scene. Joseph takes it. And this, this is not Mary and Joseph, but rather a Jew that we know has some type of legal authority. And so let's say we get there in our DeLorean and we're watching this all take place and we're, we're watching this happen. And the Jewish custom at that time was Joseph was either to actually go and burn the body or to bury it in commonplace with every criminal. And he does neither. He takes it to his own personal tomb. And, and I know a lot of the things we see today are, you know, like how many have seen like the, the picture of the tomb on the wall with the stone rolled away on the side? How, how many have seen that before? Okay. Let's, let's debunk that. That actually isn't high. They're usually in the ground. And so it was just like a, a gravestone was actually rolled away. It wasn't rolled away like Indiana Jones. Okay. Okay. We're in back to the future, not Indiana Jones. Stay there with me. Joseph, he acted more honorable than the other disciples. He wrapped with over 100 pounds of myrrh and aloe and then each limb separately of Jesus's body so that it wouldn't decay because he was respectful. I think he knew. We don't know that for sure. Jesus, though, is no longer on the cross. That cross is empty. It's left there for you and for me. You see, the fact that it's empty means that you and I, before the resurrection of Christ, now have the forgiveness of sins. Okay? Let's put that in real days terms. For all the crap we've done, God says it's forgiven. Eighty percent of us have done some crap. But it was through his work on the cross. The second thing he left empty, though, was this tomb. This is where it gets good. It gets really good. It's just, don't, don't come back in time yet. We'll be back in a moment. John chapter 20. The first four, four, four verses here in chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week. That's Sunday. First day of the week. Today is Sunday. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now, before we continue to read, I want you to know who the other disciple is. John, okay? This is the book of John. John's a little cocky, and it's really funny. So just, you got to catch this this morning, okay? Peter and the other disciple, that's John, the one, what? Jesus loved. You see the humor there? The Bible is so funny. I'm John. Jesus loved me. <clears throat> and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. But check this out. Both were running, but the other disciple, John, he outran Peter. 
to the tomb first. I love this, man. If the Bible's not real to you, man, we're not alive yet. You got to just see how real it is. It's so funny. John is saying that, you know know what he's saying? He's not even saying, well, I'm the fastest. He's going, I love Jesus more. I got there first, sucker. That's what he's saying. Okay. I love this. The Bible's so real. And so let me ask us this. So, So pause. We're there. We're watching this whole thing take place. We're in that same time frame. Would we think this? Would we, or what if we actually believed what John did, that we were the most loved? What if we actually believed that we were Jesus' favorite one? Because John sure did if you read his book sometime. What if we had such relationship with Jesus that we ran to him like that today in our turmoil all the time? Just as we see John doing the physical, we do in the spiritual and the emotional and the psychological when we have issues. Now, maybe you're here and you've got issues. Just saying. Maybe you're here and you don't have issues. Can I just say, friend, if you don't have issues, that's your issue. (laughs) Empty tomb signaled eternal life for you and for me. Luke chapter 20, verse 24, verse 6, most powerful. He's not here. He has risen. He has risen. He didn't stay dead. The power of the Holy Spirit brought him to life. Imagine being a disciple at this time. We're back there, okay? Oh my gosh, maybe, maybe today, so let's travel back in time to the future. Here we are, we're back for a little bit, okay? We wanna flux up our flux capacitor, get some more, you know, whatever we need, nitrogen and all, you know, whatever we need to get back, no, hydrogen, bombs. And we get back and you start doubting what you see or what you saw. You start doubting your life. Maybe... Maybe, perchance, you're a little bit like your pastor or the pastor of the bridge, and you're skeptic. And you're like, I, I, I'm doubting what I saw. I, I'm not sure that what I saw was real. Was that really the Son of God? Did somebody take his body? What, what took place? You know what I love? The Bible's filled with skeptics. It's filled with people questioning Jesus, questioning his authority. And you know what Jesus does? He never turns them away. Not one time. That gives me hope. I used to be a skeptic. Okay. I was at a a Lutheran church at the age of 17, and I was there, and I said, God, I don't get stained glass. I don't understand it. People think it's cool. It scares the crap out of me. I don't know why. It just freaks me out. Sanctuaries used to scare me. That's why we call this the auditorium, okay? Just didn't like the word sanctuary. It scared me. I thought Jesus was just going to strike me dead for everything I had done. That's what I thought. That's so wrong from what the Word of God says. And I asked God one night, because I was dating this girl who I now married, and be 19 years, July 1st this year, this beautiful woman down here. Thank you. And I asked God, I said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me. Can I just say that's a scary prayer? If you pray that, I just want you to know, you will plant the church and pastor a church someday. That's what happens. So <laughs> he showed up in a really powerful way. And I don't know if you've ever been worshiping God or you've had that moment and you're reading it. And it's that moment where you literally feel him. Like you actually physically feel the presence of God. And maybe that's weird for you, I don't know. But no one can take that experience from you away, ever. And it matches with what the Word of God says. John chapter 20, we see another doubter, another skeptic. Verse 25, but he said to them, this is a guy named Thomas. Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. My prayer was really similar. God, if you don't show up and tell me and show me you're real, my prayer was this. I said, I will never go into a church the rest of my life. I don't want anything to do with it. This is Thomas's prayer, essentially. 
I wish that we could put a sign up in the entryway that said, all questions and all skeptics are welcome at the Bridge Church. Let me say this to you. If you grew up in religion, bleh, bleh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if things have ever been forced down your throat or you've been force-fed because that's not Jesus. He shows up and he meets you, just as Troy said, where you need to be met. That's the Jesus in whom we serve. I'm sorry if no one ever showed you the story of Jesus, just plain and simple. So simple. Sometimes, you know, I, I remember when I first gave my life to Christ and I was like, I don't know what the word hallelujah means. I don't know what the word redemption means. I, is it prostate or prostrate? I'm not sure. Like, I, I didn't know. Some of you don't know yet either. That's okay. We're in good company. That's why we don't sing words with that song, or songs with that word. I want to say this morning that this is a safe place to bring your doubts. Welcome to a place, a church that welcomes them. Welcomes your doubts welcomes your questions, welcomes your skepticism, cynicism. uh. This is a safe place. And I actually believe that God wants you to run towards your skepticism, not away from it. I believe God wants to utilize your skepticism. What? What? Pastor Chris talking crazy. Look at this in the word of God. How many of the disciples do you think doubted Do you think if they doubted, they would have fallen asleep on Jesus in his worst time? Do you think if they doubted, Peter would have denied Christ? No, they doubted. They weren't sure it was real yet. They they were bought in like 90%, but that other 10 got the best of them sometimes. Just a a few things maybe to help a skeptic, a doubter, a sinner like me, because I like logic. Any, Any like mathematicians out there or statisticians or you like logic, like I'm, I'm like, Okay, prove it to me. Well, I wish I could get up here and allow God to speak. And, and uh, if you saw Troy's video, I think he did. But let me just give you a few things that helped me this morning. First is this. You see, the tomb was empty. The grave clothes were left there. If those who opposed Christ, just thinking logically, wished to silence his disciples at that time, all they would have had to do was produce a body. They didn't even have to be Jesus's. They could have just produced one. We have no record of that in the Bible or outside of the Bible. Nobody could do it. Many people saw the resurrected Christ. States that over 500 people saw the resurrected Christ. He stayed and walked with them for 40 days. That would be scary and cool all at the same time. They looked at his face. They touched him. They heard his voice. They saw him eat for crying out loud. You see, the lives, though, here's what just, this is just mind-boggling to me. The lives of the disciples were completely revolutionized. Though they fled and, and even denied Christ at the time of his arrest, they later feared no one in the proclamation of Christ risen. None of them ever did after that. You see, the church grew with this unwavering conviction that Christ had risen and was the Lord of the church. Most died for their faith. None of them rejected Christ after the resurrection. Not one. They died. And I have to believe that if they didn't really believe, they wouldn't have died for their faith. They were willing to deny who he was before they knew who he is. 
Men and women today testify all over the world the power of the risen Christ transformed by their lives. Why do we see the Christian church persecuted more than any other religion? Because it's real. It's real. Now listen to me just for a moment, please. Just share my heart for a moment. If the message of Jesus is false, then I live my entire life in vain, both personally and professionally. It means what I do doesn't matter. It means what I do is in vain. But I'm going to do anything in my power, this teeny bit, to show you the loving kindness of a saver, Savior who thinks the unbelievable freaking world of you loves you so much. That's why we celebrate today. It's not just about peeps. Blah. I used to love them, and then I microwaved them once. Who's going to microwave one later today now? Try it. They go from this size to they fill the microwave almost. It's really cool. They're all natural. John chapter 20 said this in verse 27. So we're going to go back in time. Get in the, we're in the DeLorean. Hit our 88 miles per hour. We're back there. We're watching the story play out. Because we're going, is Thomas going to become a believer? Or is he still going to doubt like me? Then he said to Thomas, I love this. I, I think this is hilarious. Maybe you don't. Hey, Thomas. Yeah, Jesus, what's up? Yo, put your finger here, dude. What? See my hands? Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. You see what? Jesus is saying, take your clean finger and stick it in my bloody wound. I think Jesus was having a little fun there, honestly. Because he is resurrected. He knew Thomas was doubting. And so, you know, Thomas shows up, takes his finger, sticks it in Jesus' side. And he says in the next verse, he says, My Lord and my God comes a believer. I, lo- I love that story. And it's so gross. That's so gross. Jesus left an empty cross, left an empty tomb. Now, for those of us here today, let's come back. We're going to stay here now the remainder of our time. So we hit 88 miles per hour, okay? For those of you that know Back to the Future, this is heavy, all right? Great Scott. We're back. How does it apply? Maybe it's already been applying to your life. Well, let's bring it home. What does it mean? You see, Jesus emptied himself out for those of us that feel empty in life. The only way that we can actually be filled is through him. You can try everything, man. I love vacations. I've seen the ocean, I don't know how many times now. And I love catching giant fish and all of this and hiking trails that people are afraid to hike. I, I love all of that. But it all pales in comparison to the sovereignty and the grace and the goodness of a loving Savior. There's nothing like it. Nothing. I get more out of just spending time quiet in my office or at home, just spending time with him. I love it. I love it. You no longer have to be empty. I want you to go away today celebrating the fact that there's a Jesus who loves you that you've accepted. If you're here today and you feel that emptiness, I want you to leave full, okay? I want to show you a great picture here. Um, you can put the, that up. This is a, uh, you're like, that's so random. And uh, this is a mango uh, lassie. 
Now, you might not know what a mango lassi is unless you have worked at an Indian restaurant. And I worked at an Indian restaurant down in Minneapolis. And we would serve these. And a mango lassi takes yogurt and then it takes mango and it takes milk and sugar and it blends it all together and put a little whipped cream on top and some mint and they serve it to you. And they're great. They're wonderful. Here's what was funny though. And I want you to catch this this morning. Uh, This is going to be the grossest illustration I've ever shared with you. There was a vat of yogurt in our fridge at the restaurant. And, and I was there, and, and I look at the vat of yogurt, and there's a little black line that you can see, like the levels, you know, on, on uh, you know, uh, a measuring vat. And I looked at the black line that was about an inch from the top. Well, I came back two days later to work. I was a server in the restaurant, and I looked at the, the you know, the vat of yogurt again, and the yogurt was now not at the black line, but about an inch above it. And, and I asked our chef, and I said, hey, I said, did, did we get more yogurt in for the lassies? Literally, this is what he said to me. He goes, no, it actually grows over time. They're no longer open. Um, you need a fridge yogurt moment this morning. You need, some of you have been a Christian a long time and you know the salvation message, but you don't look like you live it because you look depressed. God wants you to be filled again. He wants you to have that hope, that joy. Let that be the resurrection of your heart today. For those of you that don't know Christ, know him today before you go. Give him your life. It will change you. It'll literally destroy you because it's not about you, it's about him. And when we say yes to him, it changes absolutely everything. You see, faith begins where your power ends. When you realize your power ends, your faith begins. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the what? Say it loud with me. The what? The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. One of my favorite stories, it's a story of this guy named Garcia. And and I love this story. If you were in deep, our, our Bible study, you heard this story from me. I love this story. And it's this governor, this man who oversaw this land. His name was Garcia. And and Garcia, he was a good king. He was a selfless king. He gave his life for his people. All of that. He was a great king. And uh, he made sure people were fed. But for some reason, there was still this person in the land that continued to come in and steal food from the, the king's pantry. And he got ticked off. He got just upset. He got mad. He was righteously angry. And he finally told all of his scribes, he told everybody in the land, he said, here's the deal. He said, from now on, he said, what we're going to do is we're going to put a decree in the land that if anyone is caught stealing food out of this pantry, they're going to be placed in front of everybody and they're going to be publicly whipped. And, and they're like, all right. And so for like the next couple of weeks, it didn't happen. The next couple of months, it didn't happen. And, and like finally six months later, though, it happened again. And, and the guards came to him and said, we got some bad news and we got some good news. And Garcia said, what's the bad news? You know, and they said, well, bad news is... All right, so the good news is, uh, we caught the perpetrator. The bad news is, it's your elderly grandmother that's been stealing food. And so Garcia's thinking, I got this crazy choice to make. Like, if I whip my grandma, if I publicly whip her, she's going to die. But if I don't go through with it, then my words don't mean anything. And so Garcia says, go through with the punishment. His elderly grandmother comes up. She's placed up on a, on a pole. She's t- her hands are tied. And the guys get ready, and they take the whip back, and they get ready to start going into her back. And before they do, Garcia says, stop. And he comes down, 
and he unties his elderly grandmother's hands and he says, the penalty is still the whipping, but I will take place and I will take it instead of her. And so he takes her place. That's the Jesus in whom we serve. Maybe you're going, well, Pastor Chris, I was baptized as a kid. So was I. Maybe you're going, I was confirmed. You know, I've been confirmed in my faith. There's only one thing that matters, and that's a relationship with Jesus. Oh, I I give more than anyone else. You can't outgive God, I can tell you that. If it's on your own merit, how do we know when we've done enough? That's a scary place to be. How do we know? How do we know we've given enough? How do we know we've gained enough? How do we know we've done enough? You will never, ever, ever have that confidence in eternal life with that equation. But you'll constantly be striving, comparing, worrying. I I, I think I got there. I think I did enough. I I think I've gone to church enough. I think I I did it right. I'm not sure. I'm going to give you just a straight up easy way to know confidently that you have eternal life. We keep it simple. The KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Anybody know the KISS principle? Now you do. Keep it simple, stupid. You see, your focus determines your faith. And so focus on Christ rather than the obstacles placed in front of you. That's what Thomas got to do. He got to touch the bloody wounds. There's days I've had those doubts in my past where I've been like, Jesus, I just want to see you. I want to be with you. I literally want to get in a DeLorean and go back. I wish it was real. But the story's real. Time travel to the past, eh, not yet. Salvation is simply this. I'm going to give you three words to remember. Okay? Sorry. Please. Thank you. You remember that. Sorry. Please. Thank you. Sorry. Please. Thank you. Sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. We've all done stuff we're sorry for. Please forgive me. Please. Please forgive me of it, Lord. I don't deserve it. But I know that you went and you gave your life on my behalf. And he didn't stay dead. And that's why we get to thank him. Thank you, Lord, for rising again. Thank you that you're the risen Christ. Thank you that you gave your life for me when I didn't deserve it. Now, I want to show you something, but I want to ask you not to make this a religious prayer. I don't want you to, I want to show you something. I want to ask you to say this with me today. And so this is what I'm going to ask you in the remainder of our time. Would you stand to your feet with me? And I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. And I'm going to say the first part. And then I'm going to ask you to say it after me. I'll just say a couple words. And if you believe this with all your heart today, I want you to say it with me. And it's not about the words. It doesn't have to be the exact words. It's from the heart. So don't say, well, you, hey, Pastor Chris said you got to repeat this exact prayer word for word to be saved. No. What you feel here. Okay, it's not up here. It's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. It's a believing in your Savior. And so if you believe this prayer this morning, I know you've been reading it a little bit now, would you just recite it with me? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. After we're done, I'm going to put that number back up. If today you said yes to Jesus, please, before you before you go underneath that exit door on your way out, I want you to text yes. If today you said, I needed to make it right again with Jesus, I want you to text yes. If you say, I'm not ready yet, this is what I want you to pray. Or put, I want you to say, pray. And I just want you to put that. So either pray, okay, or yes. I'm not quite ready yet. So yes or pray. Here we go. 
Repeat after me if you're willing to. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Now, just for a moment, we're not going to read what's in the parentheses, but just tell them what those things are. You can say them out loud. You can say them quietly. Just tell them what those are. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for every person here. I thank you for those that maybe have prayed this for the first time. I thank you for those that have just reaffirmed their faith in you. God, we thank you for what you have done for us. God, you died for our sins, and then you were resurrected into glory. God, it's so powerful. Nothing could hold you down. Nothing can stop you, and that same is true today in our real-world context. And we're so grateful, and so today I pray that we would leave here feeling lighter. We'd leave here able to leave our... Maybe, maybe traditions that we've held on to for so long realizing it's just you. Maybe it's the first time we've prayed that prayer and we just cling to that and we hold to you in our hearts. And would you surround us with people, Lord, that love you and people that want to be with you all the days of our life. Lord, help us live for you from here forward. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. We can leave that number up there. Hey, can we give God some praise and thank him for doing everything he's done for us? Come on, let's lift him up. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.